You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome back to the Total Liverpool Podcast. My name is Simon. Today I'm joined by Deej. Hello, Deej. Hello, hello, hello. Just a two today, mate. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, nice and lonely in here. Or it's nice becoming kind lonely. of the norm now, isn't it? Just two people. <laughs> Nevertheless, we're here to give a, give a review of the of our recent fixture against Arsenal. Um, I don't know about you, Deej, but I was quite actually optimistic going into this game. I knew we'd, we'd had to put a couple of things right. Um you know, I don't think our, our performance been like woeful or anything like that. But I think you know we maybe had a couple of games where we, we should have took more than we, than we got from them. Brighton obviously was a was a disappointment, but I was actually pretty optimistic of the of this match, and it it, it, came, it turned out very very much the way I thought it would. What about yourself? Yeah, what, genuinely what surprised. I was surprised that we we won so convincingly. Really? Uh, you. Yeah, if, if you remember back to the preview podcast that we did, I predicted a tough 1-0 win for Liverpool because mm. uh, I thought I didn't think they'd play Aubameyang up top. I thought they'd play Lacazette up top. Lacazette's yeah. a bit more physical than Aubameyang, and that's exactly why uh, West Ham and Brentford did so well against us was because of how physical their their forwards were. Brentford, they more outnumbered us than in the box than, uh, than outmuscled us, but West Ham definitely just outmuscled us. And I thought Lacazette up top would have been brilliant playing against either... Uh, Virgin Matip or Virgin Canate. So, mm. uh, but because they played him in in almost like the number ten role, uh, he wasn't involved in and around the box as much, which meant Virgin Matip could just uh, be the sort of uh, cruise control guys that they are, just never changing pace through the whole game. <laughs> yeah, we could, we really limited them in our final third, and and Lacazette played that number ten position. That's a it's a position he's found himself playing quite a bit this season. Um, is uh, is is Smith Rose kind of moved over to a, to a left sided player rather than through the middle, you know? And it's, it's it says to you how influential Lacazette is uh, is in that position, considering he's keeping out um, Odegaard. Who, I was just a, about to a, say, yeah, yeah, top. Why play Lacazette there when you've got Odegaard on the bench? Yeah, uh, well, so if you look over the 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 sort of individual ratings of the players, you can see that the wide players for Arsenal were absolutely obliterated, and that's the that's the story of this match for me. Was how well. We yep. 
we we contained Arsenal in the wide area, wide areas. It was a big test for the young the young fullbacks Tavares and 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 Tommy Asu are both playing their first seasons in the Premier League. This is probably the first time they come up against opposition of the likes of of Liverpool. That truly truly world class um, wings wingers in form, you know, and 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 Manny ruined ruined Tommy Asu. Tavares really, really struggled with Mo Salah and Trent Alexander-Arnold. You know, I mean, we destroyed him in the white areas. I mean, if you look over the individual ratings, all the players that really had any sort of influence in the Arsenal team was Lacazette, who played not too bad, and, and Thomas Partey. Other than that, it was a, it was a fairly, fairly, fairly woeful defence <laughs> and, yeah. and performances from all all um, the Arsenal players. Um, See, I, I, I thought Tommy Yasu was was decent. I. I like I like the look of him. I think he's a tidy player. He's and still a young player. He's deceptively young. He looks a wee bit older than he is, but I think he's only about twenty-three. This is yeah. his first season, and people people generally have, like, even if you look at a Fabinho, you know, generally like, to hit the stride in the second season or at a latter stage of the first season, you know, there's, there's yeah. a lot to adapt. But I think it's league. it's a bit harsh uh, the rating that Tommy Asu got. I think because he he did play well. It's just Mane was on fire. Yeah, uh, and when Mane's on fire, he'd make any left back, yeah, I mean, right back, could, whatever, yeah. look a fool. It could be a uh, Champions League level right back and, and be and yeah. and the rating would still be the same unfortunately. But um yeah, I thought I thought we were excellent front to back. Um the wide areas again is, is something I, I thought we, we did really well. And I think Manny's um Manny had like you know that competitive street I think um on that left hand side in the physical battle. I think once he knew once I think once sort of Tommy Yasu gave way to him it kind of felt like Man had already won that battle in his head from about 30 minutes into the match. He kind of knew he was going to have all the joy he wanted and he did and he was man of the match and he had so much influence down that left side of the pitch that in freedom as well and, you know, he, yeah, he, he was always going to... If you, if you give an inch to Sadio Mane, then he, he, he will he pile on the misery and dominate you. <laughs> he really will, yes. I think Mane was definitely my man of the match. I think from, from the off, he was a pain. Uh, like a proper thorn in the side for Arsenal. All of the action seems to be going down our left-hand side. Simkas, impressive again, but Mane, I think... Really, was... really impressive with Simkas. Yeah, Mane was like another level, though. Like He gets my man of the match. Um, and I, I think just how... I mean, I, it's the thing I always compare him to. For me, Sadio Mane is like a little ankle-biting terrier. He, mm. he will just chase you and chase you and nibble you and nibble you. And yeah, he's a little bit physical. Yeah, he does sort of... Uh, uses his strength and and his toes a little bit, sort of like nipping at people's heels. Uh, some people call that like dirty uh, because it is intentional. He does it on purpose, and yeah. I, I can see why they would call it dirty. He, he does uh, go in I mean, on Tommy Asu quite him. early on in the first half just to kind of let him know he's there, and he picks up the yellow, obviously. Well, that's what um, made us try to set the tone. The, the arm, yeah, yeah. No, was, he's trying to set the tone of how the match is going to go, and it very much goes that way. <laughs> I love it. It's like you've got normally, so you've got Marnie being a bit of a shit house, and then normally behind him, Andy Robertson, probably so just the biggest screaming, just screaming at people. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, Andy Robertson for this game, and and how impressed. I mean, you know, I I didn't really think it was ever really going to happen with Simicas. Um, and a Liverpool shirt just because I felt that there was particularly last season there was there was opportunity for him to come in and it, it was a James Milner that was always in that place yep. whereas now I kind of feel mm, we had this guy sitting on we had this guy not even making the bench we had this guy um, he's, he, I think it may, he, he, something's happened in training obviously I mean if you're training with the, the Liverpool players at Liverpool you're obviously going to massively improve and he just looks like a real real 
prospect that could push Andy Robertson at a, a level above what 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 he's actually already on because Andy Robertson's had that that position nailed down for since Alberto since Alberto Moreno left. Um, there's been no one to even really sort of like James Milner is is very much filler. He was never going to be pushing Andy Robert out of the squad for a, a spot in left I, back. I think you it's know? simpler than something happening in training, though. I genuinely do. Uh, there's a lot of articles that have come out recently about uh, what happened when Simcast was signed and why he was signed. Yeah. And uh, if, you, if you read into those, uh, essentially, uh, Klopp, Edwards, um, Pep Linders sort of watched him when, uh, was it Athens? AIK Athens we signed him from, or was it Panathinaikos? Yes. It was Athens. I think it was, yes. No, I think it was um, Panathinaikos. Okay, they they came over to uh, England for a European game, I believe. It was either a preseason game or a European game, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we had some scouts there. And the report that came back out of there was like, if this guy was in our system doing our training and stuff, he's essentially a clone of Andrew Robertson, just a few years younger mm-hmm. and Greek. So I think the, the plan was always there for Simcast to essentially be uh, the backup for Robbo and in in essence the long-term successor he's not that much younger than him he's only a few years younger than him but uh, the he's definitely in the same mold uh, the same things that the scouts saw in Robbo when we signed him they saw in in Simcas and you know what Klopp's like he's he's a bit of a slow starter with with new signings I mean it took Fabinho like six to eight months to even start getting a proper run in the team mm. uh, let alone become nailed on starter uh, and yeah, Simcast, we've had him for like a season and a half up until the beginning of this season. Yeah. Um, and this season, he's he's probably played about the same amount of minutes as Robbo, I think. Uh, it, it can't be too far off. Well, still, I, after, I don't think there'll be a lot in it. Yeah. Which is I a think good he's thing. Now, he's, he's now at that point where he's he's come over, he's got used to England, first. firstly, uh, the language, the, the climate compared to Greece. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got used to the system that Liverpool want to play, the intensity of the training, the intensity of the games. Uh, and you, you see it not only in his performances for Liverpool now, but also when he goes away on international duty for Greece. He is one of the most creative left-backs uh, every week. Mm-hmm. Like he, he, I think the, the last international break, the last game Greece played, he made seven key passes in that game. And that's nuts for a left-back if you're not Trent Alexander-Arnold or Andrew Robertson. Or I guess we can say Reese James and Jao Cancelo there as well. Mm. Um, or even Ben Chilwell. Yes, I watched him at the weekend. It was absolutely excellent as well. I mean, when you look at these, the fullback position is obviously it's like for us for for our system, it's it's so important. I mean, the our, the, our pinnacle player, our creative linchpin player, plays it right back. Um, you know, and it's a different sort of position now. You know, than it's not just like the man that covers next to the centre-back, you know, yeah. or keeps, keeps a winger on the outside of it or blocks across. It's, it, for us, it's, it's our playmakers, our playmakers play that, um, play there. Obviously, we, you know, we, we, we played with a bit of an unconventional midfield in this game that we don't really see too often. A combination of Fabinho, Thiago and Oxley-Chamberlain screams of a sort of like cup game where Fabinho's maybe coming back for an injury, but obviously yeah. we're, filling, we're filling spaces here. But um, it was actually, I actually really enjoyed the midfield. I thought Ox, Ox did. great. Yeah. Probably his best game of the season so far. His most complete performance, I want to say, from well, he gives Thiago us as well. Our other midfielders was... don't know. I think the mm-hmm. the only mid he gives us something that our other midfielders don't. I agree. Uh, I mean, Henderson does to a degree, uh, but less sort of charging forward with the ball and more charging forward without it, trying to make space. Mm-hmm. I think the only other player that does what Ox does, or anywhere close to what Ox does, because whenever he gets the ball, he turns towards the opposition goal and he starts running. 
Yeah. Like at defenders and stuff. He, he's not scared of anyone. The only other midfielder we've got that does that kind of stuff is Curtis Jones. I was going to say Curtis um, Jones. Is and the, I, um, I guess Harvey Elliott, if you want to class him as a midfielder and not not a forward. I know he's, he played midfield for us at the beginning of the season, but for me, Harvey Elliott is still a forward. I still see I see Harvey Elliott as, as a midfielder in his future. See, for I, me, he's, I really he's, do. Salas I feel like he's, infl- he's influencing the midfield, especially our midfield with, with the sort of like, if you put, you know, Harvey Elliott next to a Fabinho and a, and a Jordan Henderson, it's just magic. It's, it's the, 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 the creative license he gets. And obviously that's why he was, he was so influential. I mean, I, I, I know I keep heart all, all the time in total Liverpool. I'm happy back to Harvey Elliott because of how much I enjoyed watching him play early in the season. And so good, for you know, young lad. I, I know. I, I just, he was just quickly, he was on a, trajectory to be like the top the european golden boy you know he was that that good that influential you know we might I hope see him he comes back, on the back pitch and... before christmas though like he's mm-hmm. in training we might see him back on the pitch before christmas he's in training no one would be happy to see him than me back in that um that starting 11 because i really think we were playing some excellent excellent football really with him in that in that midfield um, i say in training he's back running it's, yeah, it's probably he's, he's, a more accurate statement. Yeah, I mean, I think Liverpool are very aware of how well the fans have took to Harvey Elliott because there's quite a lot of promotional content around, uh, or feel-good content around his, his sort of recovery process. And obviously, you know, um, I don't I don't think anybody wants to be rushed. I'm sure, like, he'll come back when he's ready and, and probably no earlier, you know. Um, but yeah, I just hope he steps into that role again, does very much the same sort of, you know, plays with the same attitude he did. With really fearless creative freedom between sort of like two experienced heads, I thought that was excellent. Um, but yeah, I, I do to go think back on this... as Salah's cover during Afcon though. I, I don't think Cade Gordon is uh, sort of advanced enough in his time at Liverpool. No, he's not. He's not. Role. He's not there yet. No, I think no. we'll either see Harvey Elliott or Minamino take up be that role. It's going to be Minamino. You think it's going to be? Yeah, so I think Minamino plays better centrally than he does uh, wide. So I, I don't know if that will actually happen. Mm, I kind of like I, I, I like Minamino as, as a wide player. I, I quite like him through the middle as well, but I think he's a quite a simplistic through the middle kind of player. And I think, you know, his athletic ability kind of lends him. I think he's, if you want, when I think of like players through the middle, I still think of, for Liverpool, I still think of Bobby Firmino. You know, I still think of a really yeah. technical, physical, hard-running centre-forward, whereas I don't really see Minamino as that. I don't really see Minamino as sort of like putting a foot in the ball, coming see, out of yeah, midfield. You see, my problem with him being wide is that the majority of our play, especially when we're in the, the uh, final third, is in those wide areas. And to play it in, in the positions that Salah and Mane play in, and then obviously Trent and Robbo or, or Simcast coming in and joining there as well. You need to be strong. And Taki's not. He's just not. like He gets shrugged off the ball so easily. Whereas when he's playing centrally, he sort of dances around defenders and just tries to find little pockets of space. His goal against Arsenal is a, a great example. Like, he, he, it was his first touch of the game. He just got himself into the right place at the right good, time. Good possession, yeah. And yeah. Then it's, up. it's what we were seeing uh, in pre-season. It's what we saw against Norwich in the Cup, where he got two. Uh, I, th- I think Taki's place is is centrally, and I, th- I think Bobby's got that nailed while they're they're out at Afcon if he's if he's back fit. Um, yeah, well, that's left. what I, that's what I mean. And so, like, it'll probably be many me know what comes in for for Salah if Bobby stay. Bobby will probably stay through the middle. Obviously, we got. Jota will probably fill out in the left. Um, Jota prefers being out in the left anyway. Um, we, but could, yeah. we could play Jota on the right and Origi out on the left. And Bobby we could, yeah, and, and then have sort of we, Origi is that sort of wide forward that we've tried. We've tried that quite a lot of times with Origi. We've tried 
Origi is a wide forward um, a lot of the time. In fact, you know what? I think when he scored his Champions League goal, that's the position he was playing yeah. was out in the, out in the left. Um, I know he's not particularly buzzing about playing wide or, or playing wider than he, he normally would. I think he does like going through the middle and I think when he does eventually move clubs, unless he has a, 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 resur- a sudden resurgence in his Liverpool career, I think he, he'll probably envision himself being a almost central forward. But I really do. I, agree. I think that when you look at the sort of, when you look at Liverpool's systems and the, 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 the players with the, the, the least complex role as Sadio Mane and Mo Salah in terms of, because they, they don't need to, a lot of there is sort of is your traditional roles of sort of like forward attacking players, you know, playing a so playing a shoulder. Um, their defensive responsibilities, although they're still there, I think they're they they are the least. I would even say you know like our centre or whoever's playing centre forward for us generally does a wee bit more defending than they do. Um, not to say they don't. I mean everybody's a defender on a Klopp side, but I think with Taki's athleticism, you know, he can sort of step into that role. I mean, I could maybe see him as a, as a central player, but. If we were to stick with a system where it's sort of overloading in the wide areas and then technical through the middle and, and sort of hard working through the middle, I think then that then then that would probably end it. So I I do like a Bobby Firmino or a, or a Jota in that role personally. But so you know, yeah, I mean, it's not it's not a bad the fact that we'll have options is, is not a bad thing. Harvey Elliott, if he's back for Afcon, um, then, then I think he's a better be... option than Taki in that position. I think. But did you know who I'd, I'd compare Taki to? Uh, Go on. Based on like his athleticism, his work rate, his desire, Dirk Count and Dirk mm. Count played both centrally and out on the right. So yeah. I, th- I think I just think Taki needs to sort of bulk up a little bit before he he gets that wide role for us. Because mm-hmm. uh, I mean, when he plays centrally, he's not fighting the centre backs; he's dancing around them. He's uh, he's he's almost like a little Japanese ballerina just spinning <laughs> around in the box, waiting to, waiting for a ball to reach him. Yeah, I mean. When when he played, like South Ham, he played in Southampton on, on, on loan, he played both right midfield, left midfield, and through the middle. Mm. Um and, and he had some success there, not not maybe as much as he, he, he probably would have wanted or envisioned himself happen uh, with that loan. Yeah. But you know, these are the sort of things we need to look at on. But but looking back to, to the Arsenal game, um when you look at just how influential we are on, on on each side of the fact the triangles we create is the is is insane. I mean, second half especially we we can yeah outplay when we like, really picked on we yeah we we put Arsenal to the sword in the second half. Yeah, I mean the way the game was going in the first half, I thought my prediction in the uh, in the preview was going to be accurate. I thought the the goal we scored in the first half was going to be it. It was going to be one nil. Well, That's how me, the game was going like to end. A, felt like a tough tough fought, like close fight um, in the first half. Yeah, definitely in the first half, and then Arteta and. Klopp had a wee bit of a bust up to the most mainly Arteta that started it quite unhappy with a I believe it was a Sadio Mane tackle on Tommy Asu. I think there was a high arm. High arm across uh, yeah, the face. High arm was, across yeah. the face. Um and then after that it's the crowd team to kind of get a lift and then Plus it Liverpool turned around that, the crowd yeah, with his yeah, behind his ears afterwards. We seem to find another gear and then before you know it, you know, we're it's half time, it would be on half time and we're, we're, we're very much putting Arsenal to the sword. We we hold all the momentum. You know they can't really get out against us. We suffocate them. Uh, we we just overload them in the wide areas and and out and we just pass them to death. And and you know it's and it, it turns into a fairly routine win. We you know we we you know we won't play as many easier second halves in that in that half all season. You know than we did that half. And it's yeah, I mean super impressive. I, I'm still on, I, even though the, the it's a, it's a hard league to win. You know, and that's probably. What, what what he does sort of win the league, and I, I was watching Chelsea. I watched both Chelsea and City the weekend as well, um, to see where they are at. And Chelsea, 
looked unbelievable, but I think we do as well. And and so does City, for a matter of fact. And it's just so tight. And I think, you know, beating Arsenal convincingly, that's a good lift. It's a good they start. They did us a lot of favours in that second half, though. They really did. Like, Tavares had an absolute nightmare. Which yeah, is a he's, shame, um, because he's, he's looked a good, good assist. over the past few weeks. He's a, a great assist, assist yeah. <laughs> assist of the season. But he's looked good in, in, in the good run of, what is it? He's like, a good player. He's a good young player. Or something. Uh, Tavares has looked really, really good. Yeah, he's a good young player. Uh, almost as if he's pushing Tierney for claiming that spot for good. But then the first big game that comes along, he crumbles. So I think Tierney's still safe as, as the, the left back for Arsenal. I don't think Tavares is it's close to being their number one in that position yet. No, not yet. And and, and the fact I think they had to get a decent backup first for Kentian is that, that Kentian just doesn't have a full season of football in him he's had too oh, many no. too many injuries early on in his career you know he's been a highly touted junk obviously he's, he's a Scottish international so I'm, I'm very aware of Kieran Tierney's career and uh, the, the the things he's had to go through you know surgeries I think two surgeries two knee surgeries for Kieran Tierney already at the age of sort of 23, 24 um, obviously it's, it's it's not ideal but I don't think you're going to get a full Premier League season out of Kieran Tierney unless he has some some real change in, in his and his physical um, yeah. stamina. Um, well, see, it's not even like a stamina sort of thing. It's just, makers. yeah, it's just, he, you know, he, his, his role on the pitch involves sprinting a lot. <laughs> it's just not, for, for people that are fairly injury prone, those, those roles just kind of exaggerate those things. So yeah, they need a decent backup like Tavares. And I think he's a good young player, you know, we can't really judge him too harshly. He's, 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 he's defending on the side of the informed player on the planet right now. You know, the, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not an easy task for anybody. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, you can only play what's in front of you. You know, and we picked we picked Arsenal apart, and we and we dominated this match, and, and we kept a clean sheet and put four by them. Um, yeah, very happy, very happy of, of the outcome, definitely. Yeah, especially with West Ham losing as well, we jump back up that position now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was very very surprising to see see West Ham lose, but that that's more of a you know it's. Wolves are sort of I'd, chugging along quite nicely, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, I was going to so say, Bruno, Bruno Large has, has finally got... It was always going to happen for Bruno Large. He's, he's a very highly rated coach in Europe um, for the stuff he did at Benfica in Portugal. Um, he's uh, He was the, he was kind of the XG guy, wasn't he? All the XG and none of the goals for a while. Um, so he's done, he's done us a wee bit favour and it's, it's weird to Portuguese say that. Portuguese Graham Potter. Yeah, pretty much in a way. Yeah, he's a, he's a very sort of... I think they're around the same age as well. <laughs> I mean, Graham Potter. Um, um, so maybe similar career trajectories. Um, but yeah, so it's it's weird to say that we are sort of in direct competition with West Ham at the minute as they are still a part of the chasing pack. I mean, like I don't think... You I don't think that's going to last. No, no. I mean, they have a, a, a superb squad. Um, but the the depth outside that that first eleven is is pretty thin. Even though I really do think they have great sort of substitute impact sub players on the bench, uh, it's, it's sort of like one for one replacements. I think they're they're not quite there yet. Um, I think they're going to go back in for Lingard in January. I think yeah, they'll yeah, go back that, for Lingard in January. Makes it makes a lot of sense. Although I think I've seen Newcastle linked to Lingard as well. Um, I think I think if he if he has the choice and the money's not too different, which we know it will be, he I think he'd rather go back to West Ham. But I think mm. Newcastle are just going to offer him like silly money. Like we're talking uh, probably what Salah's asking for money to, to Lingard to get him across just because they can. Yeah, they, they, they can. They can and they will, they all, they will obviously like to, to 
players a player like Jesse Lingard is a is is a is a kind of marquee signing for them. Although uh, West Ham has just had a twenty five percent stake takeover from the the Czech. Oh, is it is it the Czech or the um, where's he from? The Russian. He is Czech. Yeah, no, is he's he Czech. Czech. Yeah, yeah the, the Czech. Has that actually you know. come through? It's it's done. Yes, it's it's a done deal now. He's twenty five percent stakeholder with a potential to hold over even more than the, the club. And you think you think both well, uh, with an injection of cash like that, there, there's an, there's an open possibility that that he can bring obviously Jesse Lingard in a permanent deal and and nail him down on a contract, which I think they really should have done. Um, they should have they should have, they obviously went back in for another for a for a full time. Um, to go in for for a permanent move for a player, Oli Gunnar Solskjaer was obviously not very keen on that. He kind of wanted to, to obviously, you look like if you, if you loan out a player and they play as good as Jesse Lingard did at West Ham, you kind of look like a fool if yeah. you don't try to bring them back and try to utilise them. Um, which he didn't really do. Which he didn't really do. Uh, and even for, an, for another loan move, um, I think West Ham just needed to, to put in an offer. That, I think, you know, if they, if they offer a decent amount to, to Man United, they'll take it and I would, uh, if I was them, I'd just I'd put a decent contract on the table for Jesse Lingard because he's he's woven and he's worked with David Moyes before, and they're probably going to they probably see David Moyes there for the next sort of two or three years at least uh, as part of their sort of transitional product, project as they you know make a stake to be a, a European level club. Um, but yeah, I mean a bit of a, a bit of an underestimated club. Obviously, got a, a fantastic stadium and and wealthy owners, really wealthy owners and. A, a great setup at the minute, you know, and it's it is that the the, the top ten clubs in the country right now is it that's it's they're, they're all they they can be they can all beat each other on their day, you know. I think they'll drop um, off though West Ham because like they're they're kind of relying on Antonio staying fit. If Antonio gets injured, which he notoriously does, like yeah. every season for a, quite a long period, then they don't really have anyone to bang the goals in, do they? They don't have a one for one replacement for Antonio. Definitely not. No, no, they don't. They don't have that. They have um. There was Jared Bowen that can move central, um, Ben Rama that can move central. But in terms of a of a one, you lose one, a lot moving those centrally, though. You do lose yeah, a yeah, lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they are they are you know they are <laughs> tremendous players, tre- tremendous young wingers. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't think they have a tip proven 10, 15 goal a season striker that they can yeah. they can bring in. Um, which is uh, which is interesting. I think that's probably where they need to shoot up um, at some point in January or or, or in the summer. But these are direct conversations. We can't, we, can't rule the, <laughs> we can't rule these sides out on what ifs, you know, and just say, oh, because it's West Ham, they will drop off, you know. It's, yeah. it's, it's, you just can't. I mean, it's, it, the chances are that that is probably what will happen, but we just we can't assume that. We just need to keep winning every single game <laughs> that we can, take points for everybody we can, you know. This is a team, yeah. this is a team that, that, that dominated us, you know. <laughs> that, 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 side, that side put us to the sword and really outplayed did. us. You know, so we can't we can't be sat here and be like, oh, it's only West Ham, because that, that that's 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 what happened. <laughs> um, but it's only Arsenal. We put them in the sod right there. <laughs> um, but anyway, should we go into player ratings, mate? Finish Let's up. Let's do it. Right, give us your give us your rating for the back five. Uh, so Allison didn't have much to do, uh, but when he did have something to do, he made himself big. He blocked stuff. Yeah, uh, decent Important performance. Save. Nothing outstanding. I think. Uh, I think an eight is uh, is maybe a little generous, but that's what I'm going to go for. Um, Trent is on another planet. Uh, he every time I watch him, I'm 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 kind of shocked. I mean, we've been watching him now for what like four years, mm. uh, and he's he's just constantly getting better. Uh, so I think for me, this game, I think I've got to give Trent a nine. I, I don't think I can give him anything less than that. I think any less than that would be disrespectful. <laughs> yeah, uh, 
Matip and Verge, solid. Again, not an awful lot to do. Uh, had a few nice sort of Matip strolls into the uh, into the opposition half. Yeah, he's cutting uh, runs. Driving runs, yeah. Uh, so I think for, for both of those two, I think uh, an eight as well is mm. is the clean sheet is important. Uh, so I think an eight for those two centre backs is is important. And then for Costas, I think I'll give him an eight and a half. He was uh, he was definitely quieter than Trent, um, but he was up there being a pain in the ass with Mane, uh, which is as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, it's what led to us winning the game was that fight on the left-hand side in the beginning of the first half. I think that that did lead to us winning the game and Simcast was a big part of that. So I think an eight and a half there. So eight is the lowest rating for me in the back five. Yeah. Uh, and um, I'm going to go on to the, the midfield here, mate, and I'm going to say uh, for Fabinho Knox, give him solid eights as well. Um, both doing the business. Um, Thiago gets 8.5 for me. I think he was very influential, especially over that left-hand side with uh, with Manny and Sipa, uh, Simakis in support. But I also thought he made some really good tackles and and uh, and some important passes from midfield as well. And It might be one of the bit more, I don't want to say best performance, but a, a very complete performance. From, yeah. from Thiago that I've seen uh, and it's this was a very I, I was interested to see the midfield because it was a very put together midfield that, that you probably wouldn't see us field in the Premier League if it was up to us we would obviously field a sort of like you know Jordan Henderson Fabinho insert you know extra player <laughs> yeah. um, and it's uh, I, 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 given that we were um, we, we in recent matches we've been beaten in midfield or not had an answer in midfield, it was nice to see this combination kind of come together. Um, I mean, Thomas Partey and Lekonga have been playing with confidence and obviously Lacazette dropping slightly deeper as well. But we, we, we won the battle in midfield and it was largely um, influential in, in the, the um, outcome of the match. You, you any any different opinions on that in the midfield? I think I'm just a little less generous. So I think I've got seven and a halves down for Ox and Fabinho and then an eight for Thiago. Uh, mm. The main reason I think Ox is maybe slightly lower is while he did have an absolutely fantastic game, there's still that element of his game where his decision-making isn't all that great. Like he, he would charge into a group of like three defenders and then overhit it so far that he wouldn't be able to run back onto it to get through them or he'd, he'd hold onto it a bit too long when there was a, when the Trent was open on the right or Salah was open a little bit further in front of him because he looked like like he was eyeing the defenders, just going like, I'm going to beat you. And then he'd mm-hmm. try and he wouldn't uh, when he could have played that ball out and maybe we could have had six or seven rather than just four. Mm. It's uh, I think his decision-making needs improving. Uh, again, Fabinho's a seven and a half just because he didn't have all that much to do. He did make a couple of important tackles to stop counter-attacks. But uh, otherwise, like the same reason why the defenders, centre-backs were just sort of like flat uh, and, mm. and Ali as well. Uh, there just wasn't an awful lot awful lot of need for him I, I think i only remember the tackles that stop counter-attacks and that's about all i remember of fabinho in that game hmm. all right go ahead and give us your um, your front three ratings uh so jota uh solid eight really good performance from him uh he is getting better and better and better in a liverpool shirt which is a kind of a, a weird thing to say considering how well he started for us mm-hmm. and i know there's the, a lot of the criticism that he got at wolves was about how he goes missing for patches and it was starting to look like that might be the case at the beginning of this season. But after maybe like two or three games where where it did seem like he was maybe on the way down, he's back up to where he was. And I think over the course of the uh, season so far, I think he is the only person with more goals per minute than him is Mo Salah, which is bonkers. And I think Mo Salah and Bobby Firmino both have more goals per minute than him. But then he's third in the league 
so far. The top three players for goals per minute are Liverpool players, and it's Salah, Bobby, and Jota. Uh, and I think we're, we're going to start seeing a bit more of a level of consistency from Jota because, like I said, I don't think he had necessarily his best game for us against Arsenal, but it was it was sort of, I guess, what we'd say average for Jota now. He, he gets his goal. Uh, he's he's just a bit of a another little terrier sort of running around causing causing trouble for uh, for the Arsenal defenders. Uh, and I think this is what kind of our benchmark for Jota should be now is sort of how he played against Arsenal. I think that's his his average level. Hmm. And then uh, for both Mane and Salah, they both get nines for me. Uh, so again, Salah, like Trent, is on another planet. Every time I watch him, I'm in awe. Uh, and Mane, for me, was man of the match. So I can't give him any lower ratings than uh, than anyone else that I've given so far. I don't quite think he justifies a 10 or a nine and a half, but mm-hmm. a, a, a solid nine for Mane, I think. I give him a nine as well, but I give uh, Mo Salah uh, an 8.5 just because I think if you compared both performances, I, f- I feel like Manny was a, a, a bit of a step above Mo Salah in this match, which is to say, I mean, it's just... Uh, going back quite a draw, I've just, I'm just so impressed with him and, and I love a pull shot. He really, really looks like he fits the shot and, and fits the club and, and I think, you know, he... He feels like a long-term player. It does feel like this is a player that we will probably still be seeing playing for Liverpool in a three or four-year um, timeline, you know, and it's it's good to see that. Um, I'm loving the, the competition in front. I think it's something we've lacked for a, for a wee while now. Mm-hmm. I don't think Devil Carigi was really, really, truly pushing anybody for a, for a, for a place. Um, and I think now that we've got, you know, an essential role at the very least, um, true competition in terms of, like, head scratch and who should start. I think that's a great thing. It's it's what these it's what our direct competition has. It's what Man City have. It's what Chelsea have. We need to have it as well. We need to have top players that don't make it into this side, and that's just yeah. that's just the way it needs to be. We have to have we have to have top top players sitting on the bench because that's more that's a modern game. And right now, right now we do that. Um, anyway, Deej, that's that's us on in the sort of half an hour mark. Um, thanks very much for joining me, mate. Been a pleasure as always. Um, we'll see you very soon for the next episode um, it shouldn't be too long but who are we playing next uh, Porto tomorrow Porto Porto tomorrow right okay we'll see if we can get well tomorrow uh, at time of recording yeah tomorrow at time of recording um, and we'll see if we get a review out of that okay until next yeah. time to bye find more great shows or join the team at sport-social.co.uk Sport Social Podcast Network Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.